Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So the Olympics are supposed to start on Friday, um, but every day it seems that there's another team or another player or another athlete that comes down with the COVID. Most recently, a team on USA Gymnastics uh, tested positive. She hadn't been vaccinated, so she has to quarantine. What do you think is going to happen here? I don't know. Uh, I'm optimistic that the games will go on. The teams are arriving in Tokyo. Of course, they have a state of emergency. This is going to be, if they do complete the Olympics, going to be the most unusual Olympics in history because there are no fans. The fans, uh, initially, they had limited the crowds to about 10,000. Now it's none. Nobody can go to the games. That, in and of itself, makes it a whole lot different from the athletes because they respond, like anybody else, to the motivation of crowds being there, and the crowds will not be there. As far as the USA is concerned, here's one that really was disturbing. Katie Lou Samuelson from All-America, Connecticut, a fine player, outstanding player. She's on the very first ever three-on-three basketball team that's making its debut in the Olympics, but she's out. She came down with the disease and had been fully vaccinated. Well, it can happen. Uh, Coco Goff, who's one of our really outstanding young tennis players, she's had to pull out because of COVID. Zach Levine from the USA men's team, basketball team that is, and the Chicago Bulls, he didn't travel with the team. He doesn't have it. He's in COVID protocol, and the USA is hoping that he can be with the team later on this week. But the fact remains that there are numbers of individuals. I think the last count was 71 COVID cases in the Olympic Village, and that in and of itself is disturbing. Hope hope it'll go on, but there is really some doubt now that it will. God, man, and it's supposed to start on Friday. Uh, so much so much time and money lost in this whole damn thing. Um, so speaking of which, uh, we could have an NBA championship team tonight in Milwaukee if the Bucks take care of business. Do you think they're going to do it? You know, I, I really do. I think they will. Of course, I picked the Suns to win this thing, but now I have to lean toward the Bucks playing at home. Milwaukee, well, all, all the teams are tougher at home. And the Bucks have played well. Uh, Antetokounmpo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is their star player, is really coming into his own now and playing well. The Suns had a chance to come back and win at home on Saturday night. Did not do it. Had the ball stolen. Just one of those, one of those things stolen in the clutch. But the fact is that Milwaukee had the lead much of the game, much of the second half, and that in and of itself made the difference. So, yeah, I look for the Bucks to complete it tonight and win the NBA championship, and then three of the players, two on the Bucks, one on the Suns, head to the Olympic. And they've got to get there quick because that plane ride ain't short. Uh, hopefully they don't get COVID. Um, we'll see. You and I have a late night watching some basketball tonight, that's for sure. Um, the Cardinals are in definite need of any kind of help they can get on the pitching side of things, and they are very close to have one of their studs back. Yeah, Miles Michaelis is probably going to start on a rehab, and his rehab more than likely will be in Memphis and not down here. And that's likely to start next week. He should be, or at least let's put it this way, he could be back in the Cardinals rotation maybe by as soon as first or second week in August. That would be a help. Michaelis has been a winner in the past. Now I'm wondering, do they really need him? Because the Cardinals got a great performance last night from a former number one draft choice. 
and uh, that has to bode well for the future. But over and above that, the more pitchers they can get, the better off they're going to be, and it looks as though they will get one of their mainstays back before too much longer. You think that's a good sign he's going to Memphis, though, because it seems like he's a little bit closer? No, is... no. It, it, really, it really has to do with the availability of the team. If Memphis is home and Springfield is home, you go to Memphis because Memphis is higher level. It's AAA. But if Memphis is away and Springfield's home. He's coming to Springfield. Gotcha. That makes more sense. Ned, thanks for clearing it up. So last hour you mentioned that there was a pretty good pitching performance on the St. Louis Cardinals. A rookie had a good night, huh? Yes, Jake Woodford. He was their number one draft choice back in 2015, and he's finally coming into his own. He's 24 years old, and Woodford's been in and out of the bullpen and in and out of the Cardinals. He's been back in Memphis for quite a while, but over and above all that, he got the start last night and pitched really well. Held the Cubs at bay. He, how can you, I don't want to be negative about this, but he had some breaks, but that's that's baseball, the nature baby. of athletics. You bet. You have to have some breaks. The breaks came because the Cubs gave him some breaks. The Cubs committed four errors in this game. Four errors. That is not Major League Baseball. And the four errors contributed to uh, some Well, unearned runs for the Cardinals, but the unearned runs count. That doesn't make any difference. Meanwhile, Woodford was able to shut down Chicago. They couldn't really do anything with them, and the Cardinals get an 8-3 win. That's a very big win for the Cardinals. They begin a four-game series with a victory, have three more with the Cubs, and then a weekend series with the Cincinnati Reds, and the Cardinals are closing in on them in the standings. Still eight and a half games back of the Brewers, but still a while to go. Still a while to go, but they are in a very important series right now, and they need to get as many wins as possible. So yesterday, news came out that uh, the Steelers were interested in a veteran pass rusher, and while I was reading that article, it turns out he'd already visited the Chiefs, which was kind of like, oh, wow, okay, I had no idea they were even interested. Yeah, the Chiefs visited with him about a month ago, and they were mulling over the fact, we're talking about Melvin Ingram, who is... One of the top, or was, let's put it that way, past tense, was one of the top pass rushers in all of football. Three-time Pro Bowl All-Star with the Chargers. And the Chiefs talked to him about a month ago, mulling over the fact that, do we sign him, do we not? The guy had a knee injury last year. Do we take a chance? Well, it's too late now. It's a moot point because he did sign a one-year contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if, and that's a very big if, Ingram is back healthy, that really does help the Steelers on their defense. And it would have helped the Chiefs, too, especially now considering the circumstances the Chiefs are in. But over and above that, Ingram is no longer a focal point with Kansas City because he is going to wear the black and gold. You know, I wish there was a place, if you were a Chiefs fan, you could go to get all of these questions answered about what's coming up for the 2021 season. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> what, Wait, there is, isn't there? What's it? Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's from... Uh, my Fair Lady. No, well, look at is, this guy this and his is, culture. Uh, this is not uh, My Fair. This is My Fair play-by-play. <laughs> <laughs> my Fair <laughs> touchdown. Uh, Mitch, yes, of course, is going to be in town Thursday night with our Chiefs Happy Hour. If you haven't got your ticket yet, do it on our 104.7 The Cave app. Ned's going to be there. Art's going to be there. Always a lot of fun. And Mitch does such a great job in responding to questions. You know, He knows all the answers. He's so in-depth with his knowledge of the Chiefs, as he should be. He's their play-by-play announcer, and Mitch is an old pro. I'm not going to cast aspersions on his age younger than I am, but he's an old pro (laughs) and has done for the last, I think it's 25 years, if I'm not mistaken, he's been with them, maybe even longer than that. 
does a great job of play-by-play, but over and above all that, he does a great job of analyzing what the Chiefs are capable of doing. In his last year's, he will. He's been here for the last four. This will be, no, this is number four. Yeah, I believe this is number four, yeah. Uh, in that time, he has been so accurate and up-to-date on what he's been able to parlay to the audience that I'm, uh, I'm very impressed with his overall knowledge. And the audience, hey, we, the first one we ever had on these things was out of the Knights of Columbus mm-hmm. Hall, and we probably had 55, 60. Yeah, every year gets more and more and every year. More and more. Yeah, which is good. And you, you're absolutely right. I think it was early on. Um, when we did this, Mitch told the story about how when Coach Andy Reid came in, um, they obviously got a chance to sit down, and he kind of was like, look, you know, how, how much access am I going to get to do my job? And Coach basically said, you have everything I have. Just don't screw me. And he's like, I never have. <laughs> and uh, that's why he has all the insight, because Mitch understands the game um, very well, um, and he also has the access so he can – make his predictions. He sees what the coaches see, and uh, then we get to benefit from that information. He, so. plays it, he plays it fair and straight. There's no question about that. He does try to be objective. When they do mess up, he's going to say it. But over and above that, though, he, like everybody else, wants the Chiefs to win, and he really allows that to be heard over the Chiefs radio network. And he's very entertaining. He's, uh, let's put it this way, he's not shy in front of an audience. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, so if you've never met Mitch, you need to do it uh, this Thursday at the Riff, or at least come have a drink with me and Ned. You have a great day, sir.